Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I'm joined on the phone with uh, Alex Schieferdecker. How are you, man? Good. I am doing well. How about you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm good. I think. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I'm getting by and surviving and and all those things. And we're at the tail end of the season, and we will be joined by uh, Rodrigo, uh, but he's uh, delayed. And uh, you know, guys like us have a you know normal bedtime, so we gotta yeah. we gotta move a little bit on. Can't can't sit around waiting. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I guess at the top of the podcast, we should we should say. Congratulations to our uh, our friend uh, Jeff Ruder who uh, got engaged this this Woo. weekend before before Zlatan Zlatan came to town and Jeff was like you know what I need to put a ring on it yeah. because obviously don't want to don't want to take any chances Zlatan's here smart um, man I'm trying to figure out what is the what's the uh, the correct social media etiquette for. Um, when you've got like uh, so, Jeff, you know, obviously, like a normal person, put it up on Instagram. That's where I saw it, and then I saw it on Twitter, and then I saw it on Facebook. Um, do, you know, you can like it, and all. Do you have to comment in all three spaces? What, what's the what's the like correct um, uh, like etiquette there? Do you I just think, copy and paste your same like "Hey, congratulations" thing, or or how does that work? No, I mean, I think at most on one platform because otherwise it's just performative and i know that's social media you know but but the real way to do it is to not comment on any platform and then just sort of reference it on a podcast and see if he listens yeah he doesn't listen so so uh he'll never know but you know what at least that's that's the real thing about the performativity of it like you know what he doesn't know but but everyone else knows that you you said something, but you didn't say anything. You've now only meta referred to it, so you should probably say something if you haven't commented on his uh, any of his posts. Oh, I have commented. Oh, okay. So neither of us did but that. Only, right, but great. only on one. Which one? Instagram. Okay, good. Yeah, the yeah. best one, obviously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, right. So uh, you know, bef- before we we're going to talk about Minnesota United. Obviously, on this podcast, we've got lots of Twitter questions. That's kind of the the gist of what we're running down uh, this week. But I, I do want to say, um, I, I've been, uh, I do hear Rodrigo coming down, so he'll, he'll come down for the, for the re- real segment. But um, I, I've been told that I am uh, terrible at asking for money and being a salesman or, or things like that, um, by including by people who I actually work with. Um, but one thing I want to talk about is uh, the Blackheart of St. Paul has a, a Kickstarter going. Um, we have been kind of in operation now. It's almost two months now, and, and next week, and uh, and it's been going far better. I'm far. I'm actually sleeping at night and things like that. And um, one thing that I want to talk about with this bar is we have some something, uh, uh, quite a few things. But one one thing is in particular is like mid January having an off season. Uh, mid solstice of the season party uh, where we'll get supporters together. We'll have kind of um, uh, some soccer legends. We'll, we'll have kind of a live event. We'll also kind of uh, have this annual thing where we inaugurate a, a local soccer or not actually necessarily a local. Um, each year we'll pick whether it's an international U.S. or Minnesota star and make them a saint and have a, um, a, a an icon, a painting uh, 
commissioned for the event so that eventually the bar can kind of uh, have this decoration of these kind of, uh, you know, whether it's St. Carl Craig or St. Alan Willey or or St. Pele or something like that. So that is one of the events that is kind of uh, being pushed for this Kickstarter, an invite to that event and have have some people, we'll do a live podcast from it. there's also a live podcast, uh, but it, actually, just a live event. We won't podcast it. It'll just be a, a special Q&A session you can do with Dr. Bill McGuire, um, who endorses the bar, as we said last week, as not divey. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, uh, uh, we've had some great support. You know, basically, we're a third of the way there after after a few days. And um, a lot of that soccer uh, uh, support is kind of coming outside the soccer community. So I'm kind of hoping that uh, soccer folks will kind of buy into this, uh, this idea of having this bar that kind of helps create um, what Dark Clouds and all these people have been doing, what, what we've been doing for years with creating kind of this individual soccer culture where, you know, next year, the darkness will be reborn and we'll have uh, a special zine that you can come just to the bar and get that will kind of help kind of drive that weird, uh, amazing soccer culture we've had. So that's my plug. Please go check it out on Kickstarter on, on social media, but just go to Kickstarter and, and search for Blackheart and and uh, support that sooner rather than later, because then uh, I, I feel better about life and, and less anxiety. But um, Now, do I have it right that you are in taking the Kickstarter money and investing it straight into Mega Millions tickets? Exactly. That's that's nice. it. That's Smart move. There, there's like, that's it, guys. Because <clears throat> then, if we win that, boom, we then buy we get the an team. even better soccer. soccer. It, it's just a return on. You know, I'm I'm a big business, small businessman now, so I'm all about return on investment. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about Minnesota United. Rodrigo's here, standing awkwardly next to me. I'm going to give him a microphone, and uh, we'll listen to big quarters, and we'll all be back. Back on the 55-1 podcast, it's uh, Wes and uh, Alex, and hey, Rodrigo, how are you, man? I'm good. How's everybody else doing? Um, I'm good. Alex, you, do you want to take account of yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm still good. Great. Good. Everyone's good. Um, so, let's start with Minnesota United FC, 3-1 uh, to one against the LA Galaxy. Um, 50,000 plus people, 52,000, I think people were there. That's what um, they claim. So, uh, it was, a, it was a lot of, people. it was a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't know how much it was if it, actually, it but, was probably like close to, if not 45 or somewhere. I, yeah, around I, that. I mean, regardless, I don't care at, at that point. I just think like, damn, that was a great crowd. Um, it was good energy. Um, still f- feel like, uh, you know, it's such a tough place because you can add that many more people. Um, and it's great on like the scarves up type moments, but like, yep. it's not particularly louder. Um, no, it didn't feel that loud. But uh, but there was a lot more hecklers. I'll tell you that much. How do you mean? Well, you know the usual typical heckling the goalie, oh. you know, and then the usual te- heckling whoever's got the ball. But but even it was just a it was just a magnet for heckling from everybody else that was around at least our section. So it was interesting to be able to figure that out. Or how, that, how who was doing that, or um, so so yeah. But the thing was, it's just uh, the throwback prices, though. Well, that was nice. I mean, this is this is insider. It was like metrodome pricing. I was like, wow. 
the uh, I, we actually had my my whole family there. We brought uh, uh, the the kids, and uh, Emil fell asleep. He just laid down. He was like overwhelmed. He just was like, "I'm going to fall asleep" because Zlatan wasn't doing it for him. Um, but uh, uh, then Iris showed up. Iris and, and my wife uh, Lydia showed up uh, a little bit later, and uh, they wanted food. So I went at halftime to get food, and uh, 30 minutes later, I just wanted cheese curds and fries, just something for my kids snack on. Uh, get to the front of the line half an hour later, and there's no fries. So it was not the the stadium was not quite prepared for um, fifty thousand people. We'll just say, uh, and so I, I missed also the three goals at exactly, the beginning right. of the first. Half. My wife Nubia was was like, I'm I'm hungry. I'm a little bit shaken. Can you get me something to eat? And I'm like, All right. And I left at the thirty third minute, and I didn't get back until the three goals were scored. Yeah. And so, like, and I think a lot of people who were waiting in line decided that if I'm only waiting in line for a half hour, I might as well just go all out and buy as much food as I can yeah, yeah. before I have I to come people, back yeah, out. Yeah, hoarding. So, like, I, the people were hoarding. Like, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I saw people like with two trays of hot dogs and yeah, just, two just trays yeah. of four yeah. trays of nachos. It was apocalyptic. Like, it, was, it was like apocalyptic. You like, it's like yeah. Uh, the game itself, though, we can talk about that. Alex, how was your? Uh, did you get food? Were you were you properly uh, fed? Uh, I uh, I fed myself yeah. uh, just fine. I thought you were Great. talking about the game when you said it was apocalyptic. Uh, no, I mean the game itself. I I mean it wasn't apocalyptic. The, the Minnesota United came out of the gates in the first first half hour looked um, looked good. You know, far better, far okay. more interesting than than the half the, hour. Really, it looked okay. even. Twenty minutes. I mean, they, but they. they Let's I mean, not call it to good. I don't think either team completed a couple passes in the final third, and that. Compared Opening to last week, though, man, it was low expectations. It was expectations. genius. It was Barcelona. <laughs> it was Barcelona under Pep, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, but they they looked like they were they were moving forward. Um, they had a, you know they had what we now consider a pretty decent lineup out there. Warner came in for Maximiano. They did that Schuler thing in the left midfield, kind of tucking in but playing out. Um, Miller on the right, Calvo on the left. Blah blah blah. Um, but, uh, it, it, and, and I would say, actually, for the first half hour, I was, like, composing killer uh, tweets about Brent Coleman and, and Zlatan in my head. I was like, oh, my God. I, was, I, I had this one. <laughs> I was like, I was ready to tweet it. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that Zlatan loves fashion so much because he's been looking, he's been uh, inside of uh, Brent Coleman's pocket all night. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, and then Zlatan scored. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, from the from the get go, you could you. I wanted to see who who was going to be assigned to Zlatan because before when we played them, um, I remember having it being mostly like Cavo being real physical with him, especially outside of the of the of the twenty yard line. Um, and I remember, and I just I was just curious to see whose job was it going to be. And um, Coleman. Um, started it, and I think at at one at some point it was switching back and forth with him and, and Boxall. So, what? but yeah, I mean, like, but as much as I've 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 been a fan of Warner, I was like this. The least uh, there was a lots of chances where he was just not connecting passes, and he wasn't as sharp as ever, and 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 just giving the ball away a little bit too much to my liking at the beginning, specifically with a team that can counter attack, and just gives a lot on the ball and lets him create whatever he wants yeah. to do. So. Well, I mean, it was it was even, as we said, for the first half hour or so. 
um, or for maybe first 20 minutes. But then the first goal happens in the 30th minute, and Boxall has Zlatan, and I don't know how you allow Zlatan to have an open header at the back post. I mean, that that is like basically go to your room, think about what you've done uh, type stuff. Uh, but I, I don't know. What did you see, Alex, in that first half or, 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 or whatever about, about these two teams? Well, Minnesota started well. You know, L.A. got their footing. And I, I did think Minnesota were playing pretty well up until the goal. But it was that same... It's just the same kind of stuff we've been seeing all year, where you see a, a sequence like that and you wonder what the team is doing in practice. I mean, I, you know, I know it's harder than it looks, but like, it's Zlatan. How? It's it, there's no debate. There's no question about where they're going to be trying to play the ball, and to lose you, track of of a player like that is just bizarre. It can't I had, happen. I had this thought, watching it again, I had this thought that um, Boxall and, and Miller are kind of signaling, there's two guys in there, and I'm, I'm forgetting who the other guy is. Number there's 14. There's two, two guys in there, and it almost looks like Boxall sees the other guy and is like worried about him, and he and Miller are maybe not communicating. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but regardless, that can't happen, right? Boxall is, uh, you know, he's, he's the vice captain, uh, he is now now with Cal, uh, Calvo at the left. Boxall is there to marshal that back line. Uh, that's his priority. And yeah, it, it, they you know an easy header at the back post. And and from there it never. You know, we'll talk more about the later in the game. But that's when like that gr- not great, but that um, original momentum. Just kind of died, you know. The yeah. Minnesota now we're going to have to come back from something, and it's a much different game, and uh, and the energy was still in the stadium, but it, it was yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, the, go ahead, go go for it. No, I was just I was just gonna say that at the beginning, um, I thought Eric Miller missed the mark, and after watching a couple of the replays in the game. Uh, he was marking whoever was number fourteen, who was in the middle of that box, and I think Boxel just. Didn't, didn't didn't they didn't communicate, and and he thought that Miller was gonna go was was gonna go cover second post and he could cover the middle in case something happened. But at that time when when they should have been communicating, the ball was already in air, and so it was just one of those things where like again, no one no no one puts a body on the one person that we have to put a body on. Which through the beginning it was Coleman who was trying to to make sure give me physical with him, but. At, at this point, when the cross came in, it just everyone gets lost. I mean, how do you lose? What is he six six five? I mean, he's six five. It's <laughs> you know, not a small that, man. Not that hard to lose. It's just crazy. Uh, the other thing was that that whole sequence started off of a a really really poor giveaway by Bob, um, and I, I thought I don't I have not been impressed by Fernando Bob, but this was I think his worst game. I mean, I just I I thought he was so poor. Um, he just, he, I, I, I don't think his defensive awareness is particularly good. Certainly not what you would expect from, from a veteran. Um, and he's often good on the ball, but that even sort of, for the most part, deserted him um, in this game. There, there was one good pass he played, and it was a well-hit pass, but it was extremely poorly timed. That was 
that was the one to Calvo where he waited and waited and waited and Calvo kept making his run and then Bob hit the ball when Calvo had already gone well offside. I, I, I just thought Bob had a, an incredibly poor game and, and one of his worst moments was the giveaway that started that first goal. Um, in the the second half, uh, the the melee, or the you know basically the frenzy that that kicked off that second half was um, Boxall making up for his mistake by clearing the ball off the line, uh, you know bad error um, uh, from the rest of the team, but Boxall gets there and, and clears it out. Um, it was part of a number of times when LA Galaxy obviously saw um, the. Minnesota's right flank as a weakness, and they were uh, Miller was too far advanced, and Miguel was not doing a good job of cra- yeah. uh, uh, of tracking back. They overloaded um, it really well. Yeah, and and uh, and and Ibarra and Miller didn't seem in sync. I don't know why Miller kept on coming so far forward to to get involved <laughs> with midfield stuff and even central midfield stuff. Um, but you know, a, a minute after Boxall clears that ball off the line. Um, uh, B- Boxall and Coleman are letting Ola Kamara. He's offside, and the, I I assume they're aware he's behind them, and he's offside. But then Ashley Cole, uh, who who is like on British pension, he's on the dole. He's an old man. Beats Miguel Brexit. Ibarra in a yeah. foot race, and and Ashley Cole. You know, Miguel has like. A ten foot lead on him, and just does not tra- chase him back, and uh, and then you know Ola is now onside because Cole has you know uh, outpaced Miguel, and it's an easy finish. It, it's just um, all around terrible. Um, uh, you know the 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 center back should have uh, quickly responded, even if they were going to play him offside. They should have quickly responded and gotten back there. They didn't. Uh, Miguel did a terrible job of tracking. Uh, Miller was too far up. Uh, it was a, a comedy of errors, and then you know that's forty ninth or fiftieth minute, and now it's two nothing. And before before the the names are fully announced, it's three nothing when. Um, Warner gives up the ball, and Zlatan easily slots the ball back to uh, Alessandrini, who's uh, who's in. Yeah. M- Miller is uh, way out wide because they were going to attack, and um, the the, the cent- center backs are completely unaware. It, um, it's three nothing, and it's it's just um, three really really bad defensive mistakes. And we often say that it's the central midfield and stuff that are leaving these uh, def- defenders. Uh, uh, hanging out to dry, but this was all the defense, uh, and particularly the center backs and right side of the defense. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I don't know if it's just because it's the end. Of, I mean, I, I would normally say it's because it's the end of the season, and oh, it doesn't matter anymore. But we've been seeing this all year. Yeah, it's not all an excuse year. anymore. The same kinds of not the same actual errors but the same family of errors just time and time again and it, i mean i I've, I've asked so many times why why do we have to watch these errors get made by you know older players why can't we let Wyatt Omsberg or, or Carter Manley or whoever else make these errors because the errors get made either way. Let's 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 let people who are going to learn from them make them. You know, 
I'm, I'm not sure I fully buy that, though. I mean, the guys you had out there in that defense are not old-timers. It's not like we're talking about playing Tyrone Mears over Wyatt Almsberg. We're talking no, but about... That's been, that's been a which trend happened before. Season. Which has happened I mean, before, right? Yeah, yeah, At this but, point, but, I'm on, like, the why is Michael Boxall starting over Almsberg train, I basically. Mean, I I don't I honestly have no problem with the back line there. I do I I do would love to see Olmsberg get a min, get some minutes. You know, um uh, uh a couple games ago it could have been like, you know what? I'm going to give Olmsberg time over Coleman maybe or something like that. Uh, like I could I could see that. Like you they believe Boxall is their man for the central defense. So I don't think Well, but see that's like that like that's that's kind of the heart of it, right? Like Boxall yeah. is taking up an international spot, and sure, sure. Why, yeah, you know, uh, n- no offense to him, but is he an an MLS playoff team caliber starting center back? No, is no, he uh, an international spot caliber and, center back? And I'll, I'll give it. There's a few things on this podcast that I'm going to just not talk about because I want to save them for off season stuff, but. One of them is we need to look at the fact that if you look at successful MLS teams, they're basing them around MLS American center center backs. Michael Parkhurst, um, uh, Walker Zimmerman, etc. The LA Galaxies and Minnesotas <clears throat> and New England Revolutions and Orlandos are all looking for foreign center backs. It's not effing working. And we need to stop doing it. I'm not saying Brent Coleman is the answer. I'm saying if I'm Minnesota and I've got all this Christian Ramirez money, I'm going to go pick up a Walker Zimmerman. I'm going to go get uh, um, Kendrick Lamar, whatever the hell his name is, uh, from <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Kendall Waston. <laughs> yes, we want Kendrick Lamar. Well, wait a minute. Kendall Waston is an international. I don't care, but he's an MLS player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, I, he is a damn good center back. I mean, Tim the, Parker. I know that Tim Parker's on his. He wants to go to Europe. His uh, his um, contract is out at the end of the season. Okay, so but, I, I totally understand why Minnesota wouldn't have gone for him. But this there is, are a few guys like that: Matt Hedges, uh, Walker Zimmerman. You know those guys. Pick them up. Make them the core of your cent, uh, of your central defense. And, but those, those guys are guys. So so here's. What I would say, those are guys who are Americans, and they came through the draft, and they were developed, right? That's that is the strategy. If you want to, if you if you want sort of reliable, good deal, you know, not too hard hit on the cap, but are gonna, you know, do a good job in defense. You're trying to develop American center backs out of the draft. I I agree, and, but. But at again, this point, we have like you know we have one of them at least someone who fits that description, and we can't find a spare minute to play him to give him sure. the experience he needs. Maybe he's terrible in practice. I you know yeah. maybe, yeah. but can we see? Yeah, or, or have but, a team do. Let, let's to let's go with. back to this game. That's my. We, we will talk about that more in the off season because yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. But that I, I, I gave a big preview of of my thoughts on it. I like that you always do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because I can't not just yeah say it. Um, so, I mean, I think I think after as you mentioned, the goal happened. There, there was a much bigger disconnect, and there was just everyone's just out of sync. Like it felt like nobody really was just playing 
playing for for anything it seemed like it was just a lot of out of sync passes warner bob i mean we already mentioned those those bad bad passes that they were doing to midfield miguel wasn't really tracking back uh it was just uh, it was just those there's just that game that just nobody seems to be in yeah. it and uh and, and and i and you could tell i mean the the at least the section that we were in, they were they were they were being frustrated by it. I mean, Quintero Quintero missed a couple of great opportunities where you had the ball and you had someone making a run into the box. Well, and early on he missed one by putting it straight yeah. at the keeper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like instead of and in, in, instead of playing it wide as you could see it, you know, he decided to take a shot being pre- where he had somebody on him, right? Yeah. Uh, and so there were there was just a lot of a lot of miscommunications, <laughs> a lot of missed opportunities that. That usually I don't see, and 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 Angelo, whenever he got the ball up there too, like there was nobody else. There was a lot of time where I saw a lot of players putting their hand out, like where's everybody else? Where's everybody yeah. else coming from support? You know, and that kind of stuff is a bit more. Un- I can understand at this stage of the season that the attack being a bit more disjointed. It's the it's the real defensive. Like, all right, you know what? You guys aren't really fighting for much. Blah blah blah. But you know. The main thing, you know, talking to defenders, right? There's the 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 center back type person. There, there's two kinds of players in 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 soccer. One are the is the one who they want to score a goal and just put it in the back, or 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 set up a goal, right? You know, just do something great and brilliant that way. Um, and it's a, and then there's the 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 type of mentality of the center back who. They just want to f you. They want to destroy this person's night, right? They want to take Zlatan and take this motherfucker and just end his night, make him feel terrible, right? Oh, you were worthless tonight. Uh, which is it makes uh, makes talking to uh, defenders kind of funny, right? They've got a, a different mentality. Um, and so, what I can understand is like, look, it's the end of the season. Is Quintero really like as sharp with his passing? Is is blah blah blah? Are we really as uh, looking as beautiful in the attack? No, but the defenders, they are. They should always be fired up to just ruin people's nights, uh, and and the central midfielders as well, right? Just just get in there and just. And at the beginning of the game, Slatan was flopping, and you were like, "Oh, this is going to be good," right? He's gonna whine, and Brent and Boxall are just gonna just f with his night and make the man bun just cr- cry and pout. Uh, and they didn't, and so that that I find really annoying that they just didn't uh, put up a good defensive fight. They had no shape. And um, the second preview of the thing I want to talk about in the off season is. Uh, this question, which we'll talk about in a week or two, which is, what the hell is this team's identity? Because they have none, right? They have no shape. We don't know what. What, what is? Does Heath want to do a? You know, you look at the New York Red Bulls, right? They they press high, they turn over the ball, right? They're quick, blah blah blah. Um, same thing with uh, with FC Dallas. Um, you look at uh, Greg Berhalter's Columbus. You look at. Um, LAFC, you look at uh, Atlanta, you look at any of these teams who are good, and not just the great teams, but just good teams, there's an identity. What is our team's identity? There, there isn't one. And Darwin and, Quintero does something awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, just and, people and, 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 and it is, the ball. It is and constantly shifted 
from from all the beginning of last year. Like that's the the formation we've been trying to play, but also the the tactics that we've been trying to play. It's changed. It's constantly changed. Yeah, there's, and there's it's, not enough room is, for consistency. It's just beyond frustrating that we are now, we have sort of regressed. We are, we are not actually, we, we have gotten less ambitious as time has gone on. And, and this, the last half, last third of this year, we've been forced to watch a team whose only idea in the attack is lumping long balls up to a big body hoping he can, you know, wrestle off a couple defenders for long enough to hold up the ball and then passing it to Darwin Quintero and hoping he does something with it. I mean, it, it is so boring and insipid and it is just how how is it that we have devolved back to this? Even even with that just just that point, right? We've had three main strikers on this team. Christian Ramirez, Abu Dinladi, Angelo Rodriguez. Name me one thing those three players have in common. Like, in, in, you know, Christian is uh, a poacher with good feet. Abu is a speedy, uh, um, you know, a speedy guy who also has decent feet, but you know, developing. Good shot uh, from the outside. Yeah, yeah. and, and a, a powerful shot powerful from shot, the outside. Yeah. You're right. Great. Uh, Angelo Rodriguez is a big guy up top with pretty good movement and doesn't score. Those are three completely if we're talking about you not know, complement this, each other you're having yeah, this coach sense. who is this striker whisperer, right? Who's got oh all these ideas about our attack is ba- has now been based on three completely different types of strikers and the one that we've now moved into who is the future is big man up top and and again i say this i think angelo is pretty decent uh i don't think again if we're talking about playoff teams i think that angelo would be a pretty decent addition for colorado rapids (laughs) i was about to say (laughs) like is that our ambition here like we went you know and and angelo we didn't talk about darwin's uh uh, assist to angelo angelo (laughs) headed it in well good good goal there um, Angelo has more goals than Christian Ramirez, uh, not per minute, obviously, since he's played 700 more minutes than Christian now. Um, uh, wow, but you've read up, I see. But yeah, well, I think uh, yeah, there's well, there's a question later. But uh, what, what frustrates you mean more me, goals since the trade? Just to be clear, yeah, yeah since the trade. Sure, yeah. What frustrates me is what is this identity? And there is none. There's no. You can't say anything, right? It. Uh, sometimes it's you know now it's based around this kind of Schuler thing, and some of it is obviously right. dealing with injury stuff. But there's no central core thought behind. I this mean, team. it's just been a, a revolving door of formations, revolving door of players in certain positions from the midfield to the defense to uh, attacking. That you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, no chance of, of creating something that's consistent. I mean, if you if you look at at the beginning when Quintero came on and we. I mean, we're doing quick short passes, triangle passes, making those type of plays. That just just became something that was just a fad for a couple of games, and then just it disappeared. And then when Angelo came in, it was let's give the ball to the big man, hold up, you know, let make him make him make him him be the pivot, right? Uh, you know, like you do in futsal, and just make sure that you have your wings making runs. But as we as we've seen. Nobody makes those runs. Yeah. Right. And, and every time the ball gets to Angelo, it's a long pass. And we are so pinned back 
that he has to hold the ball up for several seconds. He can't yeah. dump it off quickly. Yeah, right. There's no support. I mean, I mean he's to me, fighting. He's fighting, and he's and, and I give him the credit because once he gets that ball, he uses his body very well to be able to keep keep possession of the ball. But we just don't have enough time to be able to to make any sort of of run. Um, and and how many of those back. long balls is he actually able to to really win? Twenty five percent. I mean, it, you know, and that's not a fault on him. It's not an easy way to play. Like, no, it, this just no. it is so. Like, it is so brain dead this way yeah. that we that we have been set up to play and and I, I you know I I remember before when the first off season when when we hadn't seen this team play yet and you know people were talking about the way Adrian Heath coaches and his attacks and it's all about off the ball movement and uh, man it has been months since I've seen off the ball movement of any kind yeah. I mean I think that when Quintero first arrived there was this sort of Excitement because all the players realized that he had this ability to play a pass basically anywhere, and there was a lot of movement, and then it's just kind of evaporated. And there's no that's how you know there's no plan in the attack because no everyone is waiting around to see what happens. Yeah, there's no there's no set of tactics. There's no right. toolbox of movement mm-hmm. that the that the players can can use. To get to get space, to get openings, to get opportunities, it's just completely brain dead soccer at this point. Well, do we have any other points to make about LA Galaxy versus Minnesota, or are we? I mean, at this stage of the the dissecting an individual game, I guess feels just like beating the dead horse. But I'll say one thing about just Minnesota in the season after this game, which is that if Minnesota lose two to zero yep. against the Columbus Crew which is a very realistic score, um, they will finish this season with the exact same number of points, 36, goals for and goals against last season, as, as last season. So right. 2017 to 2018, the same points, goals for, goals against. And, and that brings up the question as like, what... What are you supposed to be in year two of a three-year plan, right? Yeah. Where, uh, what, is, is there any development? Is there any progression? You expect some of that, but where are we that? Or where have we seen any of that at all? Nate so. Howells asks the question: How long is the three-year plan? And the answer is, it's not a three-year plan; it's a one-year plan. But we're just going to stay in that one year for, <laughs> it's a, lo- it's a, for the eternity. You know, someone on Reddit saying. wrote it as a: um, It's an N plus one year plan. Ah, yeah. Yes. Oh. Well, just the definition of insanity. Was a good, right? Just keep doing the same line. thing over yeah, and over yeah. and over again. The um, uh, so, I mean, look, uh, maybe we should just uh, take a break and go to the Twitter questions. But we do have Columbus this weekend. It's the final game of the season. For as much despair as you're happening, as as happening, what is great about uh, game still is like getting together. Uh, the the final game of the season, the big watch party um, that the Dark Clouds and everyone's hosting is is at the Black Heart. It's four o'clock on Sunday, and if you have a Wonderwall card, you get a free drink because I want people to come out and I want them to then you know then if if you've backed the Kickstarter, you get another free drink, and um, and we can have like at least we can all get together and and yell Heath out or something like that, or uh, or or we can or we can. Have triple chilcanos. No, oh, we can have triple chilcanos. That's right. I mean, have as many. I'll bring up. I've got like a, a whole case of pisco in the basement, so I'll bring it up and make sure we're ready. Uh, Rodrigo, you'll be there. 
Um, Sunday four? Yeah, I think I don't. Okay, I don't. so then we'll have Chilcanos. Uh, you'll you'll be there to 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 help us. Uh, is to Tony in, is Tony scheduled for that game? Everyone. What? Tony the bartender going to be there? Uh, no, that'll be David. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Tony's Tony's there tonight though. So after the pod, you can go over. Um, <laughs> So uh, Tony, yeah, so Tony's the, the game regular. is on Sunday. Then we'll 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 end it, and we'll have some sort of. I do want to do a live uh, retrospective on the season sometime in November, but it's it's filling up. There's the dark clouds end of the season watch part or not watch party end of the season party, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But uh, uh, what's what's the jacket you have here? What this? Yeah, it's Columbia. Oh man, it's like orange and yellow and black. I know, isn't it nice? It's, yeah, it's the orange is like a. Anyway, I'll take a. I'll, I'll tweet that out. It looks good. I mean, it's very, very bright. You're not. It's gonna, from Copa America. You're not going to get hit by any cars on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's take take a break. We'll come back and we've got Twitter questions. Back on the fifty five one podcast. This is Wes, Rodrigo, Alex. It's uh, Twitter question time. Toby Seisler says, Rank by importance, what should be off-season objectives, assuming Heath out isn't happening? Good, excellent uh, caveat there, Toby. Uh, Number one, uh, developing a full academy to have any shot at long-term success. Two, a solid number six. Three, center-back upgrades. Four, a number nine who can score reliably. Five, buying another winger. Ooh. Uh, um, do you wow. have, you want to go on that, Alex? Do you have do you have thoughts? Well, I think that number one is something that's I is, I hope is happening already, um, and it's not like a one off season move. Um, so that's sorry, developing a full academy. I mean, that's not something well, you're going well, to well, get right or wrong in a single off season. Yeah. What's your top um, top priority of of this list of five though? It's it's the midfield. I mean, yeah. you know. Just uh, I think that uh, I think we believe that Angelo can be bought down from a DP contract. Yeah, and so I would I'd like to see two DPS in the midfield, um, at least. I mean, obviously yeah. you can't do more than that, but uh, but not just DPS, but more signings in the midfield. Um, I think center back upgrades are really important. I don't think the number. I still don't think the number nine is. I mean, I. I didn't think it was a priority when we had Christian, and I don't think it's a priority now that we have Angelo. We have some decent prospects there. Um, and the winger thing <laughs> is a joke, but it maybe isn't a joke depending on the health of Molino and Finley, and we kind of have to figure that out. I'd say if, if, you have, if we only made two signings this offseason and one of them was a center back and one of them was a central midfield, we could actually be a decent team next year. Depends on who they are, of course. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if you signed... Could be two unknown... If you signed Kendrick Burkina Lamar Faso at players. <laughs> and if you signed a uh, a really top-quality central midfielder... I'm going to send a tweet and, to Kendrick Lamar. And I know find, finding a top-quality central midfielder and finding a great center back is, is not, not the easiest things. But, but um, yeah, spend the money. If you spent... If you... Spent three million dollars to get Michael Bradley. I know he makes six million, but that type of that type of stuff. You know, one of those guys. 
you, you have you have all the parts there. You know, we can all look at a couple players on this team who right. maybe aren't good enough, but I don't think I, I think most of this team is decent to good. And then a couple pieces that are great, right? Uh well one piece named Darwin <laughs> But you you know, you've got a lot of really good pieces on this team. Uh, and I think the problem is that the the team continues to go international, and I don't think the answer is finding a Fernando Bob. Uh, maybe Fernando Bob and Maximiano are both coming back, and they'll be good next year. I, I actually think yeah. that could be real, but you need to find two MLS, not necessarily American, but two proven talents and spend the effing money to get a center back. That That is real. And no, don't spend it on a Scandinavian. Spend it on a Tim Parker, a Walker Zimmerman, a Matt Hedges, a etc. Maybe I'm naive. I, I, I'd i be surprised if Bob and Maxi come back. Maybe. Maybe. Crazier things have, uh, yeah, have, have know, happened. But, but so, yeah, I think in, in, in that list, probably for me, we just, you know, it, it would be it would be the center center midfield just trying to get something that's c- consistent and reliable i mean if 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 we're not if we're not like you know praising that person next year that you know or we're not mentioning and making errors and then i'd be content with someone who who is consistent and who's reliable that's you know uh but but it hasn't have to be something flashy but i do think that it has to be someone who who we have to t- we have to take kind of like the 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 chivas approach chivas in mexico uh the majority, of, if all the team, I think, if they still do this right, is they're all Mexican-born players. Like they're all players within the system, right? And I think we need people that play within the system, right? The MLS and to that structure. And I think that's that 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 that, that, that I'd be happy with that happening. Uh, center back, we can always upgrade. We can use some of that that money, that Ramirez money, just to be able to 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 get something in return from that, and making making this at least us us the fan base that feels so bad about. What 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 kind of uh, transaction that was, uh, and use that money to be able to sign someone. Um, I do think the academy is in this process, but the academy's ages away. Yeah, the academy I, think, is... I think you're looking like at least a, like a ten year, you know, like to be able to figure something else out. We need to find a USL team uh, to be able to send some of these players to as well too, and that hasn't really formulated concretely so i mean i think out of those for me would be the midfield you know uh you know i'm I'm kind of uh trying to pull up the the starting 11 from the first game of the season the only uh there's only one player from our home our, our our first game of the season against san jose who started in the same position last week and that's michael boxall Calvo started obviously, but in a different position. Schuler started in a different position. That is it. Yeah. And that we you remember we talked last season about how look at the that first game in Portland and look at the end of the season. There's no consistency in this team. And so I a couple of weeks ago I was thinking to myself as I watched the game, what's Heath's best eleven? And I usually do this because I do a report for this one website or whatever every every week and i try to figure out what's the best 11 and who's starting i have no idea what the best 11 is and so instead i go well uh, all right who's who's starting this week um so anyway that that's not you know where there has been consistency between the last season and this one i mean there was virtually no difference between 
the team that lost 3-2 to San Jose on October, actually exactly a year ago, October 22nd, 2017. We're recording this on Monday, obviously. Um, and, and, and then, you know, an entire offseason later, and virtually the, the exact same team loses again 3-2 to San Jose, you know, in, in March. So, so yeah. I mean, so, we, we cannot afford to have what this question is getting at and what we've been saying. We can't afford to have another offseason where, <clears throat> despite... Lots of assurances to the contrary. Nothing ends up happening, right. and then we're just we got we have the exact right. same team. And we're in the position where we where we sign international players in the middle of the season, and of course not being able to give to judge them fully because they don't have the time to be uh, to get used to the league, but also to be able to be able to build a cohesiveness with their, with, with their team at all. So, like, at this point, you know, like, where we're at right now, it's like we're, we're judging Quintero, we're judging, we're judging Romario, we're, well, we're, ju- we're, judging, we're, we're judging Rodriguez. We can, I mean, we're judging... We can't we keep ju- do it again. We can't, we can't, yeah, we can't do that again, yeah. you know. Um, so, Lukey uh, Spooky, uh, Luke Craig says, is it too soon to declare the sale of Christian Ramirez a total bust? Uh, if not, what ray of hope is there... Yeah, of course it's too soon. Yeah, we got coupons. We got to see how they exchange yeah. those coupons. Um, uh, Hopefully, we I mean, get a good still, two for one. It, it still stings for me, but um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I see what Angelo Rodriguez does there. I get it. You obviously need to now change how the team works around it, and maybe if you had more of the Finley, right? Who's who's this kind of counterattacking guy? Maybe. Maybe the team works yeah. better, but and, um, and maybe it's, it's, it's not the were no, healthier no con- yeah. and in form, and you had like a change of pace that you could offer. Yeah, yeah, and, and even that though. I mean, when when Romario came in, and when Dalotti came in, and when Miguel had to play, was he playing right back or was he left left back? Uh, I that mean, was the this three game? five two. We see yeah, so yeah the three five two. Right. Yeah, so then we, it, it just became before. it just yeah. it. You could totally tell like. There were points where Dunlady was was playing the ball up to up to Quintero, and then he's like stopping. I was like, "What do I do now? Yeah. Right? Do I run? Do I make a run? Do I not make a run?" And then and, and then Romario was trying to do something on the on the on the other wing, and he and, and there was nobody else following yeah. him. It was like, "Let's hope he can dribble to 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 two three people, yeah. and then something will develop from here's that." Here's the so. here's the stats on on this trade, uh, at least. So Angelo Rodriguez one goal every two hundred and six and a half minutes. Christian Ramirez, while he was with Minnesota this year, one goal every 197.7 minutes. And over his MLS career with us, one goal every 179.8 minutes. So Christian was performing better and, and over the course of his career has been performing better, not by that much. I think you have to consider that Christian spent a lot of this year playing because he was the most healthy of a core of very injured strikers. And I think you have to consider the fact that Angelo, like a lot of international players coming into midseason, you know, is going to take some time to get used to the league. I I don't think it's so one-sided that you can say, oh, you know, this is is the the most terrible trade of all time. I I just, I think that the the things that factor into this trade are obviously, you know, we, we got rid of a player who was beloved. Yeah. And we didn't, we did not demonstrably gain from it, and in fact, our style of play, I would argue, got worse. 
but we can't we cannot we, we can't say that this trade was bad without seeing where the money yeah. goes so so the change of pace uh jim oliver asks i can't get excited about the stadium about any stadium help me understand why a stadium is something i should care about um my esperanza los 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 um, says, I'm also torn about the stadium and the gentrification of Midway. Does the team have a responsibility to the neighborhood they're moving into to invest in it, accept it for all the things, for all that it brings? Uh, there's two kind of related but separate questions. Uh, Big question. Alex, you, you, I think, have some thoughts. Actually, both of you probably have thoughts on the second one. But I'll enter at least the first part, which is Jim, I know, is being a little bit uh, uh, devil's advocate here or something. But um, th- the main point is that we have a home, uh, you know. The the like the we have the the permanence that means that we will have a team for a long time now, and that means a lot. Uh, and Jim was there in the definitely before me, and so during the period of the we may never have a team again. Uh, but also in terms of atmosphere, and uh, I'm absolutely excited to build an atmosphere. And, and have a place where it just like it feels electric and that people talk about people outside of Minnesota talk about Minnesota's fan culture and we're doing that in like shitty banquet hall type place imagine right. in an actual venue for music right you we're know like dive bar. you know like yeah 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 or just like you know like yeah oh I, I saw that band play in a field in uh, Nebraska yeah imagine what they might in the sound middle like at First Avenue or something yeah so uh, but the second question I, I'm kind of curious about for, for either of you two about, you know, the stadium and, and kind of the uh, midway. I know it's a little bit outside of the soccer thing, but maybe give me your like shorter takes on, on that. In, in regards to the first question, I think one of the things that I'm excited about and uh, that TCF and now NSC don't have is, is, is a, a grass field. So, yeah. And, and as, as much as people might, might, Think that turf or whatever the good things about turf. There's nothing better than been playing in a on a on a field. And a grass the grass field. went in today. Gra- grass, yeah, and grass went. We were all watching that video. S O D, no sod, uh, because it's being well maintained and played on like the the stadium, uh, the Robbie Stadium for the women go go for play. Uh, you know that 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 type of field, even better conditions, of course, but. It's 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 a, it's a world of difference to be able to play on grass and 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 take it all in and all that. To the to the second question in the aspect of, of does does United owe anything to the city and owe um, and what it is doing to what's happening in Midway, Frogtown, Rondo, and the aspects of gentrification. The gentrification argument and and and. Uh, Shall we say uh, consequences started with the light rail. So um, I think if anything, it it, it it's um, speeded up in a sense, right? There's uh and and, and there's arguments for there's army against against and and I mean I've heard all all of them, um, but in the aspect of what does the club can do, I think the club now that it has a home base of St. Paul, then it needs to be an advocate for. For for the sport in St. Paul, but not only at a uh, national level, but also at a local level, right? Help out and collaborate with 
local organizations, soccer organizations that are doing things with uh, with communities uh, that don't have access, right? What well, are they doing in order to 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 address the the pay to play? And and they they are partnering with Sane Foundation. Is is I don't know if it's their official main foundation, right? right? Um, and I think there's there's other foundations that, but, and other groups that they're going to be working with. And when Doctor Doctor Bill was in uh, in Blackheart, you know, last week, you and I were there, and we got in his ear about like, hey. And he knew this, you know, like we were, but we, the, the, we were talking about there's not many places for kids to play in St. Paul. There's not enough fields and places just to kick the ball right, around. And right. Bill was very, oh, very aware of that. And so, and, th- and this can be like a whole different pod conversation that we can get yeah. around it. But that, that in, in the short, it is that there's no access to field space for, for places to go. We have, you know, People keep having to play outside of St. Paul, right? And to be able to to have games, like. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, we have MRL games that are being hosted in St. Paul, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're like, yeah. So, Alex, what are, what are your thoughts? Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can just have a whole like, hour that podcast that on this the, question. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that short. I think that Rodrigo, I think you put it really well. I think that that you know it, there when you have a big institutional tenant like like Minnesota United will be especially one that while they are not getting direct money from the government are benefiting from tax exempt property i think that they absolutely have a responsibility to the community uh to to provide benefits and to provide community works i also think that the that the the responsibility to the community that Minnesota United has is to develop the rest of that property. Um, St. Paul has a huge tax base problem, a huge um, fiscal capacity problem, because so much of the city is tax-exempt land, whether it's colleges or universities or whether it's state government. Um, and this is means that a couple of years ago, St. Paul's um, right-of-way property fee uh, was struck down by the state Supreme Court, and that has led the city to have a huge uh, deficit in property in, 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 um, in property tax revenue, basically. That's why property taxes went up so high uh, so much this past year in St. Paul. And the best thing that can be done about that is for a lot more development to happen in the city, a lot more taxable land converted into really useful, productive uses. And Minnesota United is sitting on a super block that has been for decades a really, really, really low value use, which, you know, a strip mall and a giant parking parking lot yeah. that doesn't pay a lot in terms of tax money right and so well, and, for, and, a, and a bus barn that that paid no money in taxes. right yeah. right well, well that will remain the same but the land that the uh, defunct bank was on mm-hmm. the land that perkins is on big top rainbow yeah. all of those all of those businesses that land was not contributing a great deal to the city of st paul's tax right. rolls and so, if, if Minnesota United can redevelop that land uh, to much more intense uses, higher density housing, maybe some office, um, I think that that will 
be one of the, the team's biggest contributions to the city that they can make. And I, I think also in addition, I mean, it, it, I think it needs to also be addressed that they, like, if, for example, like Como High School, the school that my daughter goes to, um, they had new turf put in, like brand new turf in their in their field, you know, in their home field, in their football field, and now it's their soccer field as well too. And that was sponsored by the Vikings. Now I want United to be able to do that, you know, be that be that person and say, hey, we'll fork over some money or we'll, we'll be able to work with deals out with other schools to be able to provide more space. Uh, because this is one of the things that, it, that that I've seen personally lacking is accessibility to space. And I think with the conversations of uh, the gentrification of, of, of this of this neighborhood, and there's a lot of people who who see this in in, in the way that it, it becomes of like um, the aspect of, of being pushed out. Like when, and 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 the reality is a lot is uh, personally, you know, as as is a person of color, but also a person who's lived and grew up in this neighborhood. I I decided and we decided as a family that we wanted to be able to be part of this of this neighborhood and whatever else was coming with it. So we. We decided to be home ownership, but home ownership is also another discussion that needs to be yeah. that which you brought up in the aspect of affordable housing, like if or or places where people can 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 do that. And if the United can get into not not saying be a catalyst, but be uh, an ally in in those conversations, I think those are things that that would benefit um, specifically the organization and the club as well as the community that it would be living in. Well, let me just. Can I just say one more thing before we move on? I've got to move on. Let him finish. Let him finish. Go, Alex. Alex. I'll try to be quick. I'll I'll be quick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what you're saying, you know, this is a neighborhood that has increased in population, um, but gentrification is is not just an increase in wealth. When we when we say gentrification, we mean displacement. And displacement doesn't happen if there are new homes for the people who want to move into the neighborhood. If there aren't those homes, then the people who have money will outbid the current people who live there. Then you'll get Which displacement. Is so that's why it's 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 pivotal that Minnesota United move quickly, and I, th- I think they are, but we'll see, uh, in, in creating more housing in this area especially. Okay, on uh, Carl Bates asked... <laughs> This is great. I love this. I mean, I literally could talk about this all day, but I feel like we lost 80% of our listeners now. That's we fine. Might have, yeah. Uh, Carl Bates I'll says have a the new narrative, podcast. Yeah, yeah. The new yes, narrative seems me. to be something like, trust us, this offseason is going to be huge. The only problem is this club had a horrible track record in terms of player recruitment. They've also been not completely non-transparent and shedding any inner lightings, etc. Should we trust the new narrative? Uh, you know, that comes back to, you know, uh, Bill McGuire was on WCCO, did this thing, and I, I recorded a, a question for them to ask about. Basically, it was like, what can you say to, to fans who, uh, to tell them that next year's going to be better than this year? His response was pretty disappointing. Um, uh, you know, I knew that it would be vague. We talked about it last week. But um, it was basically like, you just need to trust us. And it's like, as Carl points out, we did. You you told us the first year, trust us, the offseason will be good. Then you signed fucking Tyrone Mears and Harrison Heath, dudes. France Panga. Uh, yeah, France Panga. Bertrand uh, uh, Yeah, the, the, the ghost man. Um, ghost. Uh, you know, like, I, and I do believe that this year 
uh, this off season will be different. But like, there is a reason we'll have that, ghosts too. That uh, uh, Minnesota United soccer Twitter turned to watching a freaking grass being installed today because we that know the, the, right? the off season is going to be. We're going to be sitting Wait, around. But but but, but, but people are going to say is like. No, we're gonna bring it back and, and show the one thing that, that that was that was a good signing this season was yeah. Quintero, right? They're yeah. gonna be like, yeah, well, we got Quintero, right? That and, wasn't and, and, half and, season. Yeah, yeah, well, I know it wasn't, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying just overall, I'd be like, o- overall, they're gonna be like, what was our best thing. off-season signing, by the um, way? Can anyone remember? I don't think we. It was yeah. during the draft. Yeah. I mean, I think our best signings were all during the draft. But like, who? Uh, you know, I don't know. Either Mason Toy or Wyatt Omsberg. Yeah. Who's been our who's been the most influential offseason signing? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can Yeah, we can I don't know. Nobody. Right? I mean, nobody. Right. I mean, okay, great. Cool. Uh so yeah, Carl, I'm absolutely with you. I I don't know why should we we should trust them. I mean, can I like this past offseason, I I would argue was objectively worse than the 2014 Minnesota United offseason. Where we signed Christian Ramirez, Tiago Calvano, Giuliano Vicentini, Jamie Watson, Craig Jordan, and Daniel Mendez. That was that was like I would t- I would take those players against oh. the players we signed like, this, wait, that's this a most recent off season. Yeah, and that was in the NASL. Yeah, oh, and man, we Craig heard Jordan. from the I team the, again. I miss the vegan wonder. <laughs> we we heard from the team again and again. Trust us, trust us. We heard it throughout off season, last off season. Everyone was hashtag panicking, and the club was pushing throughout all of its messengers. Trust us. Yeah, and people did, and nothing happened. Um, so, uh, um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> this at Sweepy Twin said, "Can we just pretend this year never happened? Share your best alternative reality of this year." I know, Rodrigo, yours involves signing all the Peruvian players. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what I did on FIFA 18. So, uh, all right, you're, Alex, you have a good alternative scores. reality. Um, I, I, I <laughs> we make the playoffs. We play a bunch of young players. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, mine is yeah. We we signed Tim Parker. We don't don't I mean, trade away Christian Ramirez. Wait, wait, we don't yeah. sign Kendrick Lamar. We, oh, Kendrick Lamar is next year. Uh, Jake Petrova, <laughs> we'll finish on this. Beyond Allianz Field, is there anything worth getting excited about heading into the 2019 season? Look, we talked about Carl Bates's question. <laughs> you know, um, trust us. I do believe that this offseason will be better than last. It literally could not be worse. It could not be worse. Yeah, Actually, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Uh, wait don't Miguel Ibarra could be traded. Yeah, <laughs> And, and then Miguel Ibarra and, and Brent Coleman, who we, uh, you know, Brent Coleman is signed to another uh, another season next year. Uh, that uh, I think Andy Greeter uh, put that out. Um, uh, yeah, we could lose everyone, and we're just stuck with uh, Pangop and Owundi. Who will be our um, Tyrone? Who, 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 <laughs> who would be the Tyrone Mears esque signing that we could pull off this oh. year? Oh, who's the who's Tyrone Mears? Okay, hold man. On. Mm. Just think of an international player, the Tyrone Mears, uh, Jerome Taylor Memorial uh, Center back. <laughs> yeah, Jerome uh, Taylor, exactly the same. It's the endowed chair. It's an endowed chair. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, who is it? Who's it? They've got to be international. Uh, they have to be active. At, w- at one point, they were pretty decent. 
They yeah. have to be active, but now they're definitely way past their prime like, um, and going to not play past July. So we need like to be uh, Lawrence at Odom or something. Or the Ch- China League, right? Leaping, leaping. No, it has to be an MLS player. Oh, There's, MLS? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because it's a long time. International yeah, yeah. signing. I, was like, I, don't, I can't answer this question off the top of my head. but That is who, a good homework question. I, I do, yeah, yeah. People tweet at us who is going to get the, uh, the um, Tyrone Mears, Jerome Taylor endowed chair for center back studies. Uh, at, at University of Minnesota United. How about Aurelian Collin? It, uh, Can it be Aurelian Collin? Ooh, oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. He'd get some good red cards. Um, all right, let's let's call it a pod at, the, at that point. Yeah. Uh, send us all your uh, gentrification studies <laughs> uh, uh, articles. <laughs> yeah. And um, hey, Sunday, I will see you, Rodrigo, and I'll see many of you listeners yes. uh, on Sunday. Get your free drink with the Wonderwall card. Uh, and then Wonderful. please come and uh, please uh, support the Kickstarter. It, it it will go a long way. I uh, I'm very excited about what we can do in the future there, and and it needs your support. Just a quick shout out. Just gonna give uh, wish good luck to St. Paul Central squad who's playing uh, in state uh, tournament uh, against uh, a team from St. Cloud on Thursday. So hopefully, boo St. Cloud. So we'll see what happens, and uh, and uh, good luck to uh, Coach David and, and, and company, and uh, of course women's golfer who were victorious this past weekend. So hopefully we'll be right. see what else happens on. Thanks, guys.